Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, it is great to be here this morning. We are very, very excited for uh, today and what God has. Now, I will have to admit, as one driving from Battle Creek, I'm very grateful there's no snow. Yeah. Even though I love the snow, 94 and snow are not a good mix, especially for an hour. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, so it is, it is very, very good to be here. Um, you know, in our house, so obviously with, with 11 people, um, oftentimes there's, a, there's cup sharing, okay? So we drink out of the same cup. Well, if we were in a service and they had a gold goblet and you couldn't do the swirl test, do you know the swirl test? Everybody know the swirl test? Like, if you're going to drink somebody else's drink, you better swirl that baby to make sure there's nothing on the bottom. So I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> other than that, it's like, yeah, no thanks. Uh, I think we're good. <laughs> you can have it. So, no, but it's, it's exciting to be here. Uh, I'm very excited for this word this morning. I'm very excited for uh, what God has planned. Um, I, I'm not saying any of us really, really know but he's got a plan this morning, and you're not here by accident. You're here by design. Um, you may have been drugged here. You may have been, like, encouraged to come. You may have been, I'm not really sure why I'm here. You may have come because it's your thing you do uh, every Sunday. It doesn't matter why you got here. The, f- the point is that you're here, and, uh, and God really, really wants to share his heart with you this morning. He wants you to see who he is. And so um, we're going to jump in uh, to the word here in, in just a second. But at first, can we just pray together? Yeah. Um, let's just, let's just kind of get our hearts situated, get, a, get them aligned. I'm thankful for the worship. It's absolutely amazing. That Thank God song is just off the charts. Uh, love that one. That's, that's one of our favorites back at home. But, um, but let's pray. Uh, Let's, let's, yeah, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we rejoice in who you are. Lord, we just thank you for the peace that surpasses all understanding. Lord, we thank you how it guards our hearts and it guards our minds. We thank you that you are present in this place. Lord, I specifically want to pray blessing over uh, Pastor Mike and Pastor Jill. Lord, I am so thankful for the work that they have poured into this place. Lord, you've seen every day, every minute. And God, we just give you glory for what they have been been doing. Lord, we thank you for the ways that you've strengthened them. We thank you for the ways that you've led them. But Lord, this morning, as they have given and given and given, we ask that you would pour a special blessing out on them. Church, agree with me on this. Heavenly Father, we pray. We pray for them, Lord. We pray strength. We pray wisdom. We pray guidance. We pray a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit, Lord, that you would minister to every need, every thought, every desire, every single thing that is going on in their lives. Lord, would you just pour out, Lord, I'm saying abundance on them, abundance of peace, abundance of joy, Lord, overflowing. Lord, we just thank you, God, for all that they have given. Lord, we know that you've seen everything that we haven't seen. God, we give you the praise. We thank you for them, Lord. We give you the service. Do what only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. So if you've got your Bibles, uh, let's go ahead and turn to Mark chapter 4, verse 35. 
Um, so I love this season. I love this time of year. Uh, you know, we've got, there's obviously lots going on. I've looked at, my wife is the calendar keeper. I think I've mentioned that to you before, but she's the calendar keeper. I looked at our calendar and I was like, oh, as much as I love the season, that baby is full, full. We have had times where she's off at nine o'clock. I'm at work. I've got to leave work. I got to take a kid to, to his work because now he works for Chick-fil-A. Hey, um, that's a good thing. <laughs> we don't get a discount, but that's a good thing. Uh, so we got to take him there. And then Jillian's done and she's taking somebody to band practice or drum lessons. And then we're off to dance lessons. And it, you know, the, it's just busy. And then you throw in a Christmas party here or there, or you throw in, you know, some night event. Man, it is busy, busy. And I don't know about you, but I do my best to try to control my environment. Uh, anybody else yeah. do that same thing? Okay, yeah, and it doesn't work. Um, but this morning, as we go through um, the, the second week. So we, we started Advent. If you know about Advent, Advent started last week. Um, we started it at church on hope. So last week was on hope. And we were challenged to take every day this week to read the word and, and allow that word to bring hope to our lives. Because we know that, that Jesus speaks truth, that the word is truth. And we get hope by believing truth. Okay. So that was every week. This week, today, we start peace um, in, in the Advent calendar. So we're going to talk about peace this morning um, and, uh, and just what, what does that really mean? Uh, what, how, how do we get peace? Um, is it through controlling our environment? Is it not? Like, what, what is that? And I hope by the end of today, you're really seeing that peace isn't something. It's not in the, the absence of something or in a sense, the the, the control of something, peace is someone. I, I honestly, I want you to leave today being like, I, I think I knew that, but now I know that. Anybody know how you can know something here, but then it sinks, what, 18 inches, and then you know something right here? I, I want you to know that beyond a shadow of a doubt today that peace is here. Peace is with you, okay? Um, so, we're going to go through uh, Mark chapter 4, again, verse 35 through 41, and we're going to walk through this step by step, verse by verse, okay? We might combine a couple verses, but I just want to take some time, and I want to go through this and hopefully share a couple points with you, um, you know, uh, as, as we go along. I, you'll notice on the notes, there's a couple times where I've underlined a certain section of the scripture. I hope you're taking notes, okay? Because you're gonna hear these things, um, but, but sometimes when we write them down, there's more retention to it. And when we share it, there's even more, okay? So this, when you get peace, you want to share it with other people, okay? Because there's an awful lot of people walking around without peace, so I'm going to really encourage you to maybe take some notes. Uh, I've just underlined a certain portion, but that's just more for you to say, okay, number one, and then I'm going to write what's underlined. And then you can go back and maybe the Holy Spirit is going to show you something throughout the time. Okay. Um, 
So in, in what God had really impressed on my heart may not be what he impresses on your heart. That's okay. It's his word. It's not my word. So what, what you need to hear, I pray that is what you hear this morning. Okay. Um, so let's go ahead and let's jump in. Um, cause I really, really do believe that today somebody is going to get an answer or a breakthrough to something going on in their lives. I, I, that's an easy thing to say, but I'm telling you, I believe something is going to happen in your life today, okay? So let's go through. I'm gonna read it all, and then we're gonna go back. So uh, where we're at, let me set this up. Where we're at in Mark 4, verse one, if you remember this story, Jesus gets into a boat, and all the people are on the land, okay? Because there's such a crowd he kind of separates himself just a little bit from the crowd so that way he can speak and everybody can, can see him and listen, okay? So imagine Jesus sitting in a boat teaching people as they're on the land and they're all just sitting there or standing there, whatever their posture, but they're listening to what Jesus has. And Jesus begins to teach them different parables, okay? So now we go forward and let's go in starting in verse 35. It says, on the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling but he was in the stern, the back of the boat, asleep on a pillow. And they woke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, can this be... Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? So let's go back again. We're going to go bit by bit, spending more time on, on one scripture than the other. But in verse 35, starting off, it says, On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. So you see under the line, let us cross over to the other side. Do you think this was a suggestion? Do you think this was a, uh, hey, let's give this baby a shot. <laughs> we got a 50-50 chance of getting to the other side. What do, you, what do you suppose? If Jesus said, let's go over to the other side, do you think he meant you were going to go to the other side? Yeah. Okay, so you got to, first things first, you got to trust that what Jesus says is true. Okay. Second Corinthians one twenty says that all God's promises are yes. And amen. We've got to first things first. We got to understand in order to have peace, we got to trust that what Jesus says is true. Okay. Second verse. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. So here he is, he's sitting in the boat. 
There's lots of other little fishing boats around is what, this, what I'm gathering from this story. And so he says, hey, let's go over to the other side. And so the disciples that are in a boat, they gather Jesus. They say, okay, we're in, we're in the boat. And now they're all gonna sail out. They're gonna leave the multitude. Sometimes my wife can vouch when we have lots of events going on, I get a little stressed and I may not be the first one that wants to go. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, can we just stay home? <laughs> okay, maybe I'm a little bit of an introvert. She's more of the extrovert, whatever. It's all good. Um, so, so, but she's like, listen, every time you end up going, you have a good time. And it's the truth, okay? So I just got to make myself do some things. But sometimes it's just, I'm just around people or I've had so many conversations or honestly, there's just a lot of talking in our house at different times. You get 11 people talking at the same time. You just need a minute. So think about this. Jesus and the disciples had been ministering. Jesus was ministering. They were praying for people. There was all sorts of ministry going on. And Jesus said, okay, let's, we're going to leave the multitudes and now we're going to go to the other side. Sometimes you got to get away and get in your secret place in order to find peace. It's not the absence of the noise. Yes, that can, that can help quiet your heart, but it's who you will find in that secret place. Jesus is there waiting. He's waiting for you in that secret place. And we've got to get away from the multitude in order to be with him. Sometimes leaving the multitude means leaving something you're accustomed to hanging on to. Um, it could be a relationship. Maybe you're not married and you're in a relationship that is, maybe, maybe God's not all over it. We could get very specific if we needed to. But maybe, maybe that is keeping you from really God's best for your life. And he's saying, you gotta leave the multitude. I got something for you. There was a period of time, and I know I've shared the story before, but when I was at college and I was in a relationship when I went into college that God was not on, he was not in. And I had to leave the multitude in order to find him so that I might find her. Trust me, it was worth every ounce of like, oh, crying, all this stuff and stuff. It was amazing but I had to leave the multitude. Sometimes when you get saved, your friends that you had are not the friends that are going to take you closer to God. So you have to leave the multitude. Remember Abraham, when God said, I need you to leave Ur of the Chaldeans and go to the place that I will show you. So Abraham left his family Obviously, he took his family with him. But he left his, the people he was around, and he took his family. He, and he, had to, he had to leave the multitude in order to go in to what God had for him. Yeah. Yeah. 
Sometimes we got to leave the multitude and go on. It says in Mark, Mark 4.34, so just before this, that even though Jesus was, was saying all these parables and these stories to people publicly, when the disciples got alone with him, he explained what it was he was talking about. When we get in that quiet place, when we're able to separate ourselves for a moment from the multitude, we're able to allow Jesus to speak and to share things with us that we're not going to hear with all the other voices that are around. The phones need to put down, the TV turned off, sometimes the music turned off. There's voices constantly. But when we leave the multitude, we find his peace. We find peace. All right, verse 37 says, and a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that they were already filling. But he was in the stern asleep, verse 38. And they awoke him and said, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? This is the part of the scripture that really just settled in me and, and, and got me very excited because somebody needs to hear what I'm going to say right now. So please pay very, very close attention. So I did a little bit of a study, like very brief, okay, on the Sea of Galilee. So that's the sea. When it says, let's go out, let's cross over, they're crossing over the Sea of Galilee. So the Sea of Galilee is like eight feet wide and 13, eight feet, eight miles. Let's try that. <laughs> like you can just go like this. It's amazing. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow, you parted that water. No, just kidding. That's not totally different story. Um, but eight feet, eight miles wide, 13 miles long. So this isn't a small lake, man. This is legit. This thing is huge. But it's interesting because it's below sea level. Okay, it's in what's called a depression. They call that when it's below sea level, they call it it's, it's in a depression. It's also surrounded by mountains. Okay, so what, what, what can happen is because of its, its how low it is below sea level and then these mountains, storms can rise like instantaneously. And they're not just, oh my gosh, it's raining. These are like violent storms. Um, I was reading and it said the waves can get up to 10 feet. Now, unless I'm in a significant size boat, I don't want to be in a canoe, <laughs> in the middle of a lake with 10 feet waves. Now, I'm not saying that's what they were in, but I'm just saying, I'm guessing our boats today are a little bit more significant than what they were in. But either way, here they are, they're in this boat, it's rocking back and forth, okay? These waves are just beating against it and the boat is filling with water. But when I was reading about the Sea of Galilee, I could not help but think there is people today right now that can relate to what these disciples are going through. You're in a depression right now. Life as you know it is very, very difficult. And you know, everybody says, well, have hope, you know, focus on Jesus, whatever the case is. You hear these religious terms, but you are still not experiencing any kind of peace. Everywhere you look, there is mountains surrounding you. Okay, do you guys see the spiritual like, uh, the similarities here, 
that you've got these mountains. Uh, the Bible says, well, by faith, you can remove mountains and yet the mountains continue to stay there. And all you know is the storm keeps getting greater and greater and greater. We can all relate either now in the past or even in the future of times where the situation is just overwhelming. There are times where I have cried out to God in anxiety saying, Lord, I don't know if you know this, but our boat is filling with water. The finances are not there. The bills are not getting paid. And out of anxiety, I'm crying out to God, almost glorifying the anxiety or the situation more than I'm glorifying the one that's with me. I'm having a difficult time realizing that God is in the boat with me. This great windstorm arose and Jesus is in the back of the boat and the disciples are freaking out. Can anybody relate to freaking out? How long do you think these disciples bailed water, rode against the waves, trying to not capsize? They're throwing buckets out. They're rowing. They're throwing buckets out. All the while, you go wake them up. I'm not going to wake them up. You go get them. I'm not going to go get them. You go, hey, Peter, can you wake up, Jesus? There's other boats. There's other people. They're just freaking out. The anxiety is rising. And Jesus is fast asleep in the boat. I wrote down, it's not what's going on in your life that brings peace. It's who you are with. Just because God is quiet doesn't mean that he's not in your boat. He's just looking for you to give up trying to row yourself and to call on him. Just because you know Jesus doesn't mean you have peace. You've got to call on him. Part of this scripture that has str- I've struggled with, with is, I'm going I'm to kind of jump down. Well, I'm, I, I'll, I'll get there. I'll get there. I wrote down, I'm tempted to ha- every day to handle things myself, and you may be doing the same thing. How long will you fight against the storm yourself before you call on his name? So in verse 39 and 40, it says, Then he arose and rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. A great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no peace? I struggle at many times when I say, how is it that you have no faith or you know, why is your faith so small or you have little faith? I really struggle with that because I'm like, well, Jesus, they're calling on you. They're, they're like in chaos mode. The boats are filling. Like I, I can see why they're anxious and then they would call on you. Jesus was not rebuking the fact that they called on you. 
He's rebuking the fact that they said, do you not care if we die? Do you not care if we go bankrupt? Do you not care if this relationship ends? Do you not care if I lose my job? Do you not care? They're, they're, Jesus is rebuking the accusation. He's not rebuking the fact that they're calling on him. You have to know that you serve a God or there is a God there that loves you. He knows everything you're going through. He knows every little detail of your life. And he does not want you to perish. Not one single person. He doesn't want you bound. He doesn't want you uh, hopeless. He doesn't want you in chaos mode. He wants you to have the peace that surpasses all understanding. Even though these disciples spent all this time with Jesus, they still under, underestimated who he was. And we do the same thing each and every day. Let's go back to verse 35 as I wrap up here. Jesus said, let us cross over to the other side. The promise was given. Let us go over. Let us cross over. Do you know what was on the other side? Chapter 5 says that the moment they got off the boat, they were met by a demon-possessed man in a city in fear. There's this man running around. He's demon-possessed. And peace steps on shore. There was a city that needed a savior. There was a man who needed freedom. And there was no storm, no nothing that was going to keep him from getting there. When Jesus said, let's cross over, that was a promise. He knew what was on the other side. He knew what needed to happen. When he says to you, let's cross over, he knows what your purpose is. He knows the plans that he has for you. It's not a 50-50 thing. Let's just see if this works out. He is calling you to purpose. He is calling you to something amazing. He is calling you to someone. And the storm in your life is not a sign of his disfavor, but it is a sign for you to know who he is, to know peace in a way that you never knew it. See, if I'm going to go through a storm, I'm going to have to assess, is this just demonic attack? Is there something keeping me from what God has for me? Or is this an opportunity for me to know greater, a greater trust in who God is and who Jesus Christ is, that I can know him more so that I can make him known more? Amen? Amen. 
Let us cross over. He wants you to finish. He wants to take you through your storm. Isaiah 9, 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. It literally means he is the commander of rest. He is the commander of holiness or wholeness. He wants you whole. And in him, all the pieces of your life are put together because he is the one who created you. He knows you. That is who peace is. It's not something, it's someone, and his name is Jesus. We all stand with me? I want to close your eyes, just take a moment. Ask Jesus, ask the Holy Spirit to really speak to your heart. Lord, am I not trusting you? I need your peace. You might be in this place and you don't know who peace is. You don't know this peace. You, you've, you've heard. Maybe you've, you've struggled. Or you're struggling. There is one question every heart needs to have answered. And that is, is my heart right with God? Am I fully trusting him? If you've never made that commitment or you're like, man, I'm, I'm not trusting him the way that I need to. We're going to pray. The Bible says, all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's an amazing, amazing promise. If you call out to him, he will come rescue you. He will come in you. He will, he will help you. He will wash sin away. He is with you. So if you're in this place right now and you can say, uh, I'm not sure my heart's right with God, but today I want to know for absolute sure, will you just slip your hand up? Right now, will you just slip your hand up? We're going to pray. I see that hand. Yes. Anybody else? See that hand. It's a simple prayer.
Church, we're, we're, we're going to pray. Church, will you play, pray along with me? And with those that you raised your hand, if you raised it, if you meant to, I want you to pray this prayer out loud. We're all going to pray this out loud. Say, Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I believe Jesus died on the cross and that he rose again. Father, forgive me for all that I've done wrong and I choose to forgive all others. Come into my life today and forever. I am yours in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.